Hello, y'all. Welcome to the Myron J Show. This is Topic Tuesday, each and every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Make sure you check us out on YouTube, Spotify, and all that good stuff. So today's topic is Black fatherhood. But before we get into that, I got a couple great guests with me today that we're going to talk about that particular topic. Going to see what's going on in their heads, see how they feel about the topic, and see if we can put a little advice out there, drop some gems, some encouragement to inspire someone and try to pretty much figure out what's the gap and why is there a reason, what's the reason rather, why uh, men are not in the household and or in their kid's life. Now, before we get into that, as a disclaimer, we do know that we have a lot of great black men in the household that are great fathers, uh, they are, that are really doing what they need to do as men without any child support, without people just being all on them for not doing what they're supposed to do. So we do have a, a lot of great men out there and we commend them, we admire them um, as well. Despite what the media may say, I know a lot of times the media don't always show us in a good light when it comes to fatherhood and marriage and us being in the household or us taking care of kids. So, and, and I do understand that this is in every single race, there'd be fathers, single fathers, fathers doing good, some fathers not doing good or doing what they're supposed to do in their kids' life. So we do know that's in every single race, but we can't speak on other people's race because we're not other races. We're speaking on our own community and what we can do uh, to prevent that, see what kind of information that we can offer as well. So ladies first, I want to introduce my first guest, Miss Candace Purdue. I hope I said your name right. Please don't beat me up about it, but I hope I said your name right. So Ms. Candace, I was just on her show yesterday. We had a great time. I really appreciate her for having me on the show. And um, I follow her on Instagram. And so we just decided to do a show together. So I just came back and said, hey, come on, be on my show. And I really appreciate her because she got in my DMs a couple of times. Not to holler at me, y'all. Don't get, you know, don't get excited. <laughs> she, got in, she got in my DMs a couple of times and she really like dropped some important information to me, man, just to motivate me to keep me going. She was like, man, people watching, keep doing what you're doing. And we never know how a person is feeling at the moment. We never know what a person is going through, that type of thing. And for someone to get in your DMs or to, to message you or say something to you, it really means a lot to me as a person because sometimes you just might not know what I'm going through. They, like they say, check on your strong friends, you know? And so I really appreciate you for dropping that information in my um, DM. You just don't understand how much that meant to me. This is like a complete stranger y'all that, that told me this. I don't, she don't even know me, but she just got in my DM just, you know, but hey, it, it makes me want to keep going, keep doing my thing. So I really appreciate you. So let me get off that little moment right there. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. So, Candice, let us know where you're from. Let us know what you do. Let's get into your business a little bit. You got the floor. Okay. Well, like you said, my name is Candice Purdue. I'm from Tampa, Florida. Um, I am a third grade reading and writing teacher. And on top of that, I am a new author. Um, I just published my first children's book in June. Um, the title of the book is called Pretty and Brown. Um, you can find it in Amazon, Target, um, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Walmart. Um, and it just speaks to um, just the beauty within a Black girl. And it touches on self-esteem issues that they go through at a young age and how to tap into that so that when they are grown adult women, it's not magnified, those issues that carry on to other relationships. Um, and I have other books on the way that's going to kind of like basically touch on other things in the black community with boys, black boys growing up in society today, as well as our um, teens. Um, but that's pretty much me in a nutshell. And like Myron said at the beginning, I have a talk show on Instagram that I do every Tuesday called Candace's Candid Talk Tuesdays. And we just have candid conversations. And um, on some of the Tuesdays, I'll uh, finish the show off with a spoken word piece on whatever topic that is. And I'm also a published um, poet as well. And I have a few poems out on all major platforms as well. Um, so that's pretty much me. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, what's your Instagram? Let us know how can we follow you. Oh, um, my Instagram is Taylor um, underscore May 87. And you can tap into that. And um, I have a few other pages. And if you tap into my main, which is TaylorMay87, you can, um, you'll see the links or the apps to the other um, Instagram pages as well. 
y'all, she got like 45 you know, <laughs> tagging me left and right. Like, Who are all these people taking me? <laughs> all right. So my next guest is from my hometown of Canton, Mississippi. Uh, just to let you know, I am in Dallas, Texas. Again, Canton's in Tampa, Florida. I got my guy, uh, Roberto Williams. He's in Canton, Mississippi. Exit 119. You know, we always got to represent. So I pretty oh, yeah. much with this guy. Uh, we played football together. Um, just done a lot of great things. We did virtual events together. And so um, all around great guy. Would not have him on the show if I feel like he wasn't a great guy and a great inspiration to the young guys and, and people in general. And uh, Canton, Mississippi, he actually ran for Alderman in 2017. Along with myself, I ran for mayor in 2017. So only because well one of the reasons i know and roberto can uh, agree to it because we want to see a change in our community we want and in, in our city we want some great things to happen and want some great things to start moving along and try to upgrade here and there so um mr roberto wills let us know about yourself introduce yourself man let's let's get in let's get in your business a little bit all right well my name is roberto williams i've been a barber of 16 years um i'm also a hair care product owner Master Hair Care. Um, also a watch company owner, um, Time Check Watch Company. Um, I'm also a chairman on the board of commissioners at Canton Municipal Utilities. So um, I'm just living life, man, trying to enjoy enjoy all the amenities, Doc. I understand that. And so you are a life master coach. Tell us how long you've been doing it and what made you, you know, get into the life master coach. Well, I always wanted to recognize my gifts, man. And as a barber, I, you know, until the past three years, maybe, I was able to realize that I do more than just cut hair. All of my clients that sit in my chair, I know something very personal about them. And I also help them with their uh, ideas or goals that they may have or any issue that they may deal with. So me praying and thinking and asking God about what it is that, what else it is that I'm supposed to be doing. I also realized that, well, I talked to God and I came up with that answer of being a life coach. So I recognize that gift by, by the clients that sit in my chair. So um, I've had a lot of experience in it over the 18 years I've been cutting hair. So I can't really put a time cap on that, man. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. So Candace, back to you. We're going to start with you. But before we get to it, let us know what got you started on your show and what is your show pretty much just about and how long you have been doing your show as well. Ironically, um, and he was talking about um, like him cutting hair and how clients come in and you know it's a lot. You talk about personal issues. I was actually getting my hair braided and um, I was just talking and I know my purpose is to educate and to facilitate and to kind of you know Im impact in that way. But um, I I'm starting to think it's being bigger than the classroom setting in the classroom stage. And I was getting my hair done and I just kept saying, it's something else I can add on to this. It's something else I can capitalize on. Right. And as talking, as we were talking, she just started just throwing out stuff. And then I started intertwining some of the things she was saying. And I was like, boom, there it goes. I'm going to do like, a, I was like, okay, a little YouTube podcast. But then I was like, I want to put a spin on it because um, I write poetry. And poetry has helped me basically get through self-esteem issues and a lot of, um, you know, hard times or times when I was struggling or my healing process, pretty much. And um, I was like, OK, so let me see. Candy, I want to be candid. I want to be honest in the conversation because you never know who is going through the same thing you're going through. And it's good for people to see, yo, I ain't the only person going through this. Like, OK. And. I feel like she's being honest. And I think when you're being candid and honest, people connect with you on a different level. So I was like, boom. And then not only am I going to talk about whatever the topic or issue is, I'm going to go ahead and put my little poetry spoken word piece on it. So I started last year, December, actually. And after that, like people were commenting, like sharing, like they were really getting into it. I was like, okay, God, I hear you. So I stopped watching who was viewing it. And how many views I got, how many likes I got. And I really started doing it because it was therapeutic for me. 
right. to have these candid conversations for people to comment or go on my DM and say, yo, can you talk about this? I don't want to, um, you know, comment under the thing because I don't want people to know, but do you mind speaking on this topic or this subject? So it was really helping a lot of people um, unbeknownst to me at the beginning. So here we are and I'm going to keep it, keep it going. So that's pretty much how it got started. Awesome. That's it. And I'm glad you brought that up because we have to understand that the, the lights may not be there, the views may not be there, but we have to keep pushing. We got to keep promoting ourselves and marking ourselves to really just get our name out there and to brand ourselves. So many times we worry about the other stuff to the point we can't focus on what we actually started or the reason why we started our business and our brand. All right. So let, y'all, let's get into it. Black fatherhood. So we understand there's a lot of men, uh, a lot of great men out there. There are fathers that's that's and blended families, if they're married in the household, we got single fathers. Um, so what do y'all think that, and so I want to get, well, first of all, I want to get into um, the men that's not in the, uh, their kid's life. How important it is it is, and, and anyone you can answer that, how important it is for a father to be in their child's life? What you guys uh, think on that situation? Roberto, I said Roberto go first. Okay. Well, it's very important for a male to be in a child's life, no matter how big or small the, uh, the, or the time that you have been in their life, they, it, it affects them a lot. Just the, the presence of them being there, like I said, whether it's a, 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 a constant, a consistent presence or any presence at all is, is, is good, but you would like for the situation to be with the, with the child and the and the father to have a a consistent relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. So you're developing that with the conversations that you have. And with the child being young, you don't get a chance to express that conversation between man and son. But as they get older, you get you you create a bigger bond when it when it comes to the the the, the part of being in their life. Okay. So what do you have, uh, Candace? What do you think? And Candace. Real quick, I know Berto has a family, has a blended family, and he's married. And then, so Candace, um, you have two kids, correct? I have two kids, a son that's 13 and a daughter that's eight. Um, I am single. Um, okay. Basically, they I have been doing this since they were born. They, they both have different fathers. I'm, I'm putting y'all in my game room of business. Um, and the scenarios are kind of the same. Um my son saw his father once when he was 10. My daughter has never seen her father. Um, I have exhausted all my like resources and abilities to make that happen. Um, so as far as speaking on the importance, I feel it's very important. My son didn't voice that, you know, that part was missing. He had a boy. He never asked about his father until about maybe eight. I started, he didn't even say it verbally. I just saw him, you know, acting out. It was things just going on in school. It was just, okay, I couldn't tap into it. And, you know, I'm a woman. So I couldn't tap into those things. And I have a father, um, I have a brother. So, but they're not in my household consistently, you understand? So he's just used to me. And it was just like, okay, what do I have to do? Because there's something going on with my baby. Um, And I couldn't get to him. So I took him to therapy. And then we started honing in on some issues and there was things they talked about that I'm still not certain of um, to this day that they discussed. But as I started to pray and I'm like, God, just reveal to me because I need to know which way I need to go and exactly how I need to pray for what is going on with my child. Like this is this scary to me, like this transition, how he's acting out. And then um, we, we got to the place to where I was able to reach out um, one more time to the fraternal grandmother and I'm so sorry. I was able to reach out to the fraternal grandmother uh, one more time and we were able to do something to where at this point in time, he's 10 now, he got to see his father for about 20 minutes and the father had said he had something to do. Um, so it was that kind of thing. And then it was just my son trying to keep in contact with him. And then my son came to me about a couple months later. He's like, mom, he was like, I'm, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm okay with just you. Like I understand. And he was like, I, I don't get it. And he actually did a um, Tropicana speech, what we do in Florida. And um, it was a speech and it just talked about your word being your bond. 
and he expressed himself. He had to write a paper and he expressed himself about how he's always getting let down and how um, he, he doesn't trust men. And it was, it was very powerful and that spoke to me. So right then and there, it's like, yo, your child has been hurting for this long because of that particular void. Yes, he does have a grandfather and yes, he does have an uncle, but that thing was missing. Um, so that really made me like self-reflect as a mother and I'm like, okay, I can't do anything about him not wanting to be there. Um, I can't do anything about him not being here. But what can I do? What can I change about how I'm raising my son? And I had to come to real, the realization that you're not a man, Candace. Mm -hmm. Understand that you're not a man. So there are certain things you would never be able to teach him. But you can model for him on how a man should treat a woman or how a man should operate when it comes to being in a household and teach him how to treat whoever he's going to be with and treat him, teach him how to treat his sister because she, you know, she's a girl as well. So treat her how you would want somebody to treat your mother. So it just came to that point. And um, it's still a transition. He's 13 now. I'm, I've never been a 13 year old boy. So right. he's still doing little things, little testing the waters and, and trying me a little bit. So I, um, you know, I have to, to figure out certain ways to, kind of counter whatever it is he's going through, but still understand that he's a teenager going through changes and not be like so on top of him if you um you get what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. And see that's the thing, and that's why it's so important for the men to be in their kids' life because we always say a man, a woman can't raise a man. We can't raise little mm -hmm. girls. We can raise them to a certain degree. Like you just said, you can show them how to treat a woman to a certain degree, but it's only so much uh that you can do. And there's also much that we can do when it comes to little girls. And, and there's a lot of men that's out there that will literally go in and get their sons and, and raise them. And so that's why it's so important because it's so much that we can teach them and, and they, they look for us or look to, to us, I'm sorry, for leadership and to for discipline and to just basically raise them and show them the way and how to be respectful, how to be respectful. And so I commend you on, on what you're doing. You tried, you did your part at the end of the day and that's the only thing that you could do so when he got in so when he told you that uh he's all right he's good how did it make you feel what, what was the thought process going on at that point um i was still a little taken aback I, i'm really like is he really good or and then i also at the same time was like okay god you're gonna have to do this thing because maybe this is this is how you're working this thing out. This is how you're actually helping me as well. Because now it kind of felt like pressure was up up off of me, pretty much. You know, like I couldn't force it. So my hands were tied at that point. And when my son realized on his own, it don't have nothing to do with my mother. I never spoken bad about neither one of their fathers. They'll never hear me say anything bad. They asked the question, they got it. Um, so I allowed him to reach his own conclusion. So he drew the conclusion that this person is inconsistent. This person does not want to put any effort for me. And my son is very smart, very intellectual. So he understands and he understood at a very young age. So for him to, to, to tell me that at 10, like, and to know like, yo, this man ain't even trying. He ain't putting in no effort. He said, mom, I don't want to call him. Mom, I don't want to call. Like, why should I have to call? Like, I'm the kid. They've been out. He's been out of my life for 10 years. Um, why should I have to call? Why do I have to keep calling? He's not even trying to answer my phone calls. And at that point, my son drew his conclusion and he and we talk about it now I ask him he's okay like he's like mom good I'm fine like I'm okay mom yeah I don't but I'm okay um I know that maybe on later on in the future of course there are going to be some issues and some things going on but um we're gonna pray we're gonna work through that thing and my prayer is that whoever God sends whoever's going to be my husband that that person is able to fill in that gap and do and, and, and basically take the torch and fill in those holes right that's you know what i'm saying that's voided that's missing those little gray areas to where my son don't doesn't understand certain things about growing up as a a, a black adolescent to a, to a man so whenever god sends that person i know it's gonna fit right in and it's gonna be a lot and it's going to help my son on whatever transition that he's gonna have as far as his adulthood is gonna go right and and before i get to uh Roberto, let me ask you this. How was you guys' relationship in the beginning? Like, was he, um, was it one of those situations where he just seemed like he wanted to be there at one point, then also he changed his mind? Y'all had... <laughs> Ironically, had I'm the common denominator in both of the situations. Um, 
both of them, I told you my daughter has a different father as well. So both of the scenarios played out the same way. When I got pregnant, it was like, boom, I'm, I'm ghost. But um, um, the situation was a, like, you, the person was selfish. The person was all about self. Um, they had other situations going on, like unbeknownst to me, doing whatever they was doing on the side. So when you got a few other babies on the way that I don't know about, but you got all of this other stuff going on, it's chaos in your brain. It's chaos in your mind. So you don't know how to properly function and operate because you got side things going on over here. Then you got this side thing impregnated. Then you got this going on over here. You can barely take care of yourself because you're living with me or whatever the case is. You can't even think properly. So at this moment, your mindset is, yo, it's all about me. So I'm going to go on to the next person. And this is how it went. I'm going to go on to the next female who can take care of me and, and, and do this. But in the process, you go into these different women's houses, but living with them and they're taking care of you, but you're impregnating them as well. So now we got all these different kids that's not going to have a father that is present and active. And you can't properly and effectively father them because you were in too many different households. And then you don't want anything to do with either one of them because you were only in a situation so that you can be okay, so that you can have a roof over your head and so that your situation could be okay for the moment. So you created this vicious cycle and now we got all these siblings out here that's probably never gonna know each other. And then you got all of these women potentially bickering because of whatever you were telling them or whatever role you were playing while you were with them, so to speak. Yeah, they end up start fighting their siblings and getting into it with them and even dating them. They end up dating them out the while. So Roberto, and, and hearing Candace's story, uh, I know you're a football coach and you've been coached for a long time. I know you deal with a lot of young men that, I won't say a lot because I don't know the story. I don't want to make sense that bad. <laughs> but I know you have dealt with, uh, even when people come to you as a barber, uh, I know you have dealt with, kids that on the football field that don't have fathers in their life so okay. what's your what's your uh take on what candace in and and the whole part of men not being in, in kids life well as a father I, I i understand where she coming from because with my kids and their mom we have good conversations with each other now we're not gonna see you out of eye all the time we're not gonna I, that, that's not gonna happen but the conversation and the, uh, the compromise that we make with each other when it comes to our children, mm -hmm. then that's the best thing to have. Now, as a coach, I, you would see a lot of times that the father would not be there at practices. And you would always see a lot of mothers at practices. Yeah. So, I mean, you, the, whole, the whole practice field is full of moms. But at those times, you don't ask the question, like, where is his dad? But... You just try to be there for that child at that moment. Because now if he comes to you with something personal, which I've had that experience before, you try to relate to them as if you were talking to your child. So, so you try to be that person in their life that can at least give them some type of reason when it comes to any issue that they may be dealing with, especially like in school or, or dealing with their peers and all that stuff. Yeah, because it's with, with that, whatever role model or mentor you play in a child's life is uh, clearly is always important. Your mom, your dad can be there, your uncle can be there, but there is nothing like your, your not your dad, but your granddad, and your uncles can be there, but it's nothing like your father, like having That's your true. father. It really hurts the kids so, because once the kids start to see uh, their friends with their fathers and or mothers, it makes them feel kind of like, I don't have my dad. And I don't think that men literally uh know how it feels but one of the, a couple of reasons and y'all and y'all might have your own reasons as well that y'all can add but one of the reasons why men are not uh being around the kids life is because they don't know how to be fathers they don't know what to do how to do it none of that so instead of them learning instead of them uh and they don't know how to be that way because a lot of them grew up with single fathers well not single father i'm sorry with a single mother and the father wasn't in their lives so you would think that they'll probably grow up like, you know what? I don't want to be this kind of person. I'm going to be a better man than him, but it doesn't always work that way. And so mm -hmm. with that being said, a lot of kids, I mean, a lot of fathers, instead of them trying to figure this thing out, they run. They get, like Candace said, they get ghosts, you know, because they don't want any responsibility. They don't want to, especially when it comes to finances, uh, putting the time in, putting the efforts in, 
uh, buying them gifts, whatever situation may be, they don't want to put in their responsibility. So they rather run or get ghosts instead of just actually being fathers uh, in their kids' lives. Uh, the other reason could be, and I'm not just making no excuse, I'm just giving reasons why some men are not in the kids' life, is that some women or and or moms push them away. They they're they're bitter. They're mad because the guy don't want to be with them. They're mad because the guy don't want to get the money uh, or the amount of money they feel like they should have. They they don't want that child to be around um, other women that he he may be dating. Uh, and one other reason, which which could be kind of valid in the sense, is some women feel like the man is not ready to be a father, meaning that he might be on drugs, he might be an alcoholic, he might be running the streets, he he might not be uh, might be a game bank, whatever the situation may be. They feel like he's not ready to be a father. Granted, it's not her choice to um, make that choice in a sense, but that that woman is going to definitely make sure that she has the right, make the right decision for her child or their child at the end of the day. So do y'all have any other reason why it could be, I mean, the other, any other reason why uh, a man or father won't be in a kid's life besides the one that I listed? Or do y'all have anything to add to um, those to piggyback off of what you said about that father not having his father coming up, I can speak on myself when it comes to that because I only met I met my father when I was 12 years old. And the next time I saw him again, I was like 17. And as I got became an adult, I developed a relationship with him as an adult because I wanted to know the things that that he didn't do that I wouldn't do to my kids. Right. The things he didn't do for me as a as a parent, I wouldn't want to do that to my kids. Now, when you when when because you knew how it made you feel, so that's why you didn't yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So when I deal with my children and their moms, like you say, you're not going to agree on everything. And then one reason why I say a lot of parents, a lot of fathers aren't in their child's life is because when dealing with the relationship that you had with that woman, you tend to try to shy away from that because you don't want the, the issue. Sometimes you try to go alone and get along. Sometimes you try to uh, to keep the argument down, you just do stuff. You just do something. Then when they don't want you to do something, I mean, when they do something, then they want you to, when they want you to do something and you don't agree with it and you don't do it, then that woman would take that child away from you. Now, I'm not saying all women would do that, but it happens before. And I've seen that through the experience of the people that sit in my chair and some of my own personal experience. Okay. So Candace, you stated that, um, well, you would shake your head on a bitter baby mama part of it. <laughs> What's your- um... No, I actually was agreeing because I, I have someone right, yeah. that's very close that they're going through that situation. And I know there are, they're, they're excellent father. Like they, not just financially, but at every little thing, they're there, they're present, they make their presence known and they, 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 they give life lessons. And that's what a lot of things are missing. People just buy their kids and buy their kids, but they don't sit down and have these life lessons. And let me explain to you why I'm working the way I'm working and what I'm building for you. And this is what I have to put aside for you and teaching those kids about finances and different things that's going to help them beyond what daddy can do for you and the child support check can do for you or what you can go do and get you some food stamps or get you some Medicaid or whatever that case is. So I feel a way when I see baby mamas keeping their children away from the father or trying to manipulate the dad to come back or whatever the case is by hanging child support over their head. I feel a certain type of way because my kids don't have that. You get what I'm saying? My kid, I don't have that luxury to be playing with somebody, which I wouldn't because of, you know, that's just not me, but my kids don't have that. Like they can't, okay, mom, you gonna let daddy come get us today? My daughter had to say to me, mom, why I don't got no daddy? This was she was three years old. We right. watching my niece play um cheer in at, at the football field, and my niece dad comes and she looks at me and say, "Mom, why I don't got no daddy?" So as a three year old telling you that, and she made that connection and she understood. I'm out here. I see everybody daddy's coming to see them and cheering for their daughters, but I'm something missing, mom. Well, my daddy, and that was just plain right. and simple. Why I don't have a daddy? So I, I feel certain ways when women do that because. I see the hurt with my children. I've experienced that transition and what they go through when it comes to that. So that's why I was shaking my head like, 
you know, everybody has their own situation, but when it comes money, that's going to, that's going to go. Okay. Yeah. Like that monetary and all of those tangible things that's going to go. But I feel like what stays with a child forever is moments. Yeah. Oh, I remember when we did this and we used to play this and my dad and my mom took us there or we, we just went outside and went to the park. Like kids remember that stuff. So, and that helps them like through their life, like society is already crazy enough. Yeah. So when you're going through turmoil in your house and turmoil within yourself and you can't understand, like that's already rejection as a child. Them kids don't understand what's wrong with me that my father or this person chooses not to be here. And the whole while, if you got the ball in your hand and the ball on your court and you can prevent that bit of rejection because society already going to give them a whole bunch of rejection. I'm talking about our black kids. So if you can prevent that as a mother and you're able to, why, why, why are we doing it? Why are we playing those games with these balls and, and figuring, no, I'm going to keep the ball in my court because he ain't doing what I want him to do or he's talking to her or whatever the case is, but not understanding that that child is suffering, that child going through a rejection phase and you causing it right now because you're forcing the rejection because you can't have your way with the father. So, yeah, yeah I empathize with the kids when it comes to that and I'm a teacher. I see it every day, all day. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. Uh, and that coming from a woman, I used to say that all the time. I said, man, kids don't really, they're not going to remember the money. They're not going to remember the gifts you bought them. They're going to remember that time that you put in with them, that quality time. You taking them to the fair, you take them to uh, out to eat, date night with your daughters, whatever situation may be. That's what they're going to remember for the rest of their life. They're not going to remember the money that you're sending their mom and all the other kind of stuff. And so when you say, so what's your message to women that actually do that, that actually hang the money over their head? What's your message uh, to them? My, my message to them is look at the bigger picture. Like the situation is not about you. We're, we're supposed to be doing what's best for our children. So my message to them is always put your child and their well-being first. If that person is not a danger to your child and not going to put your child in harm's way, and I, I can understand if they're doing drugs and all that in front of the child or exposing the child to certain stuff, but if they're not going to do that and they're a, potentially a very good person and you know they can be a good father, give them that opportunity. Give the child that opportunity to, to, to have that bond and to experience what they need to experience. And if the man is a bad man or whatever the case is, just like my child had to find that out on his own. And I'm not saying he's a bad person, just his actions or ways just wasn't conducive to my situation. Um, allow the child to, to, to experience certain things because they're going to have to learn anyway. I'm not saying put your child in a situation to where they're going to be traumatized, but we know. We, we know. We know we manipulating a person and holding money over their head and a person... A, a detriment or a danger to the child and we also know if that person really really good to the child and they're going to be just the best thing that they ever experienced and quite naturally if you manipulating a person like that you know they're going to be good for the child that's how you're able to control because a, a, a person that ain't going to do with them you wouldn't have to hang child support over their head or manipulate them in that way so they don't even bother those kind yeah they ain't even gonna be around so you already know what you're dealing with just allow the kids to build that bond with their fathers, allow them to have that. You can worry about that money stuff later because that come and go. But right. allow them children, go to court for the money thing, if that's you got to do, but let them try and get their time with them fathers, please. Yeah, because that money that money can come and go. You don't know what a person, they can lose their job today, then what you're going to do. Roberta, what you got for me, man? What you got with uh, with this conversation with Candace stating um, as well? Well, on the, on, well, you said you asked the question of what advice would you give the woman and my advice would be just to keep continue to try to have a conversation with, yeah. Uh, keep your line of communications open, and like I said, sometimes a, a lot of times you're not going to agree with each other, but you you your your child should be your best interest. That's just like me and and, and my children's moms. They um we have conversations all the time about the child about the child and what they have going on. Now me, I'm a terrible person when it comes to scheduling. So I forget stuff. So I have to be reminded all the time. But she may not like it, but at the whole time, yeah, she communicate with me. So in order to, to, to have the best interest in the child, she deals with that part of, of me and my faults. Right. I may have my problem with her, but the whole time we talk about the things that have a, our common interest is that child. So we just try to, and I just tell the women to 
try to keep a line of communication open and leave the uh, the arguing at the door. Yeah, and, and you got to think about this too. Is some and a lot of times it the the mom, and granted, I know it's some it's some single fathers out there for sure. So again, mm-hmm. y'all, we're not talking about this. We're not talking about the single fathers. We're not talking about the man that's actually doing what they need to do in the household. We appreciate them always. So, but we're trying to figure this side of uh, of the world out. I guess you can say. So, and I always feel like it's it's very selfish when a woman act their way toward. A man, but they won't let them see him because of all the reasons that Candace listed and what Roberto said and what I said is very selfish at the end of the day because they're making it about them and not the kids. They're making it about that person's business, like Candace was saying, who they they worried about who they talking to. They worried about the fact that they're not with them anymore and they want them back and they're hurt. They're still hurting on the inside. They're not healed. And so, and, and every woman know, and everybody know, when a, a person, a man really love his, loves his kids, a woman will manipulate you. They will try to hold that over your head just to make you mad and make you angry because they know that's the only thing that's going to get to you. They know that's the only thing that's going to make you mad. And so in that, you cause all kind of chaos. And only, the only people, a person that's being, that's hurting at the end of the day is the child. So what we have to do is, what men have to do rather, and women, we have to learn how to come together. We have to be team players in this whole thing. Just make it about the kids, the kids only. How important, y'all tell me how important is, like y'all were just talking about, how important is communication uh, when it comes to, I know Roberto spoke on a little bit. I know Candace spoke on a little bit. How important is communication uh, when it comes to kids and how much is too much communication, if that, if that's a thing? You're asking us to answer that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel that it, we should have daily communication because when we leave kids, we leave it up to them to draw their own conclusions. They can draw some crazy, like kids, because they're exposed to so much nowadays anyways. They can draw some real, real ridiculous conclusions and that's how their mind is thinking when the situation is pretty much not like what they're thinking. So having that, just like you would a spouse, how your day been? How you been feeling today? What took place today? Those conversations, you would be surprised how they'll just start just opening up and start telling you stuff. You'd be like, well, dog, I didn't even ask you that, but I'm glad I knew because how long you been holding that in? So just doing them daily checkups on your child. Okay, you good. Okay, so, and when you start, even if they don't start speaking and answering you right off the bat, I promise you, you, you creating something to eventually, they're like, they may not say that for a couple months, but like, oh, it was straight. It was good, mom. Oh, it was good, dad. But eventually y'all might be riding in the car and be like, mom, dad, guess what happened today? And you'd be like, wow, like you'd be blown. Like, yo, they telling me this? But you're 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 opening up that space for them to feel comfortable to share things with you because as black people, how long have we been keeping stuff generationally secret? Stuff that should never have been secrets and that has caused all these generational curses and all this deep, these different chains and bondages for people not to be able to properly heal or men not to know how to properly express themselves without being called, a, being called, excuse my language, a punk, a weak, or whatever the case is, oh, you're supposed to practice with a man or girl's supposed to do this. How long have all these different um, stereotypical sayings and things have been going on in the black household to where, why we so dysfunctional as adults and why we got these fatherless kids and these girls doing this so I just think that's where it starts at, having communication. That'll break a lot of chains. That'll break a lot of curses and a lot of things. I just think just daily communication with your kids, checking up on them like you do somebody you, you like in, you're intimate with, or whatever the case is. Well, I actually learned something from you just then because my kids have cell phones, and I text one of my sons. I wouldn't hear a response from him for two or three days. but And I would get frustrated with that situation. <laughs> Instead of me calling out there, so I end up having to call like, yeah, Lisa, come on, answer the phone. <laughs> I mean, or, or respond to my text message. Now, my other children, I have a daughter that's uh, 16. She she right on it. She's on it. Yeah. She's going to text and answer and respond that. back quickly and all that. My other son. You think it's an age thing or something? Is it an age thing? Or my daughter's ten years old. My daughter ten years old. My daughter don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the individual child thing because you know each child is different. Like each right. child has their own unique way, their own personality. But I guarantee you, 
he gonna be like, dang, that's that text again. So he gonna be like, yo, he really trying to see what's up with me. Let me let me let me pause some time and tell my daddy. So dad, let me tell you what's been going on for the last couple months. So just keep being consistent with that because he gonna be like, yo, this man, what's up with him? He keep asking. Let me go ahead and just tell him I'm good. But this is what we got going on. So that right there, even though he not speaking on it, that's being embedded into him unconsciously. Like, yo. I'm, I'm this age and my daddy's still checking up on me. He making sure yeah. I'm good and I don't even text his man back and he's still making sure I'm straight. Like, it's gonna get frustrating, but just keep doing that because he's seeing that and that's starting to be embedded inside of his heart and then he's gonna be like, yo, yo, like, okay, my daddy yeah. be sure. That's, that's my, you know, so just keep right. doing that. And in that, you know, it's, it's always good, just like y'all saying now, it's always good to show kids, hey, it's okay to reach out to your father, your parents sometimes, especially if they're mm-hmm. at that age where they can, you know, literally knowing they can do that. It's okay for them. I was just talking to a friend about that today. It's okay for a child to reach out to their father, just say, hey, dad, or hey, mom, how you doing? How your day was? It, it's nothing wrong with that. Like my daughter, she's 10 years old. Like she'll probably end up getting there at some point. I'm gonna keep working on it, but <laughs> but it's all but it's okay for them to reach out to us sometimes. Yeah. We gotta, they can't just call us just when they want something. They, want something. they gotta call us, check on us, say hey, how you doing or something. Then ask what you want. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but y'all kind of y'all kind of jumped my question. So let me go, let me bag back a little bit. So I <laughs> no, it's I was gonna get to the com- communication with the kids, so let me bag back a little bit. So what I was asking was how, how important communication is when it comes to men and women talking about the kids and how much is too much conversation. When I say how much is too, too much conversation, they should only talk when the kids is involved, not about personal business and what they got going on in each other's lives, unless they're just really cool like that. But mostly should be focused on the kids, and that's the only time they should be communicating with the judge. What y'all think about that? You got okay, well, with, with the communication between the men and the men and the women. Um, when a child, when when something's going on with the child, you they 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 I, I understand they they should have that conversation because a man from a male's perspective, they would, would be able to give information. Like I said, if you have a son or a daughter, you can give a male's perspective from any situation and. Um, a little too much. Uh, I don't know how deep it, could that be. Is, is there a little? You know, too much? Like, is there is there something like a little too much? Yeah, I, I think it is. But I think like yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But you have to play it by ear when it comes to that, because sometimes that, that conversation with um, the, the 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 mom and the dad and the dads parent, I mean, the dad's spouse or the mom's spouse or something like that, it may be dealing with it. And you never know if they dealing with something personal in their household, yeah. unless the child may tell you or the mom may tell you, but you won't, you won't understand all of that. But you have to, like I said, the communication part is very important. I just don't know how far you can and cannot take it though. Yeah, because I think it's, 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 it's. I think it's just a play by ear type of deal. Yeah, it's all, it's all depending on the relationship that you have with the mom, and of course they they're gonna have their significant others, and you're gonna have yours. So I'm always gonna say that it should solely stay on the kids and focus on the kids. But now if y'all got a relationship where y'all can just joke about sports or something y'all uh-huh. saw on social media, then by all means, that's only that's between y'all. Everybody's situation is different. Candy, what you got? I think you read it out. So this, <laughs> I saw. No, it. I'm just listening. It just depends on. I, I'm trying not to go like, you know, venture off, but it just depends on the dynamic in, in, in the relationship and the situation. Because if you, if both of y'all single and y'all, you know, you talk about what you want to talk about, if that's the kind of relationship y'all got, but if y'all got spouses and significant others, and yeah, I, it's I respect a, it's a limit to spouse, I'm going to need you to right. keep about these kids. You understand? Of course, right. you can say, well, how you been? Because you would want your child's mother or father to be okay. So you can ask them, you know, you good mentally? How you doing? Stuff like that. That's fine. Um, you don't got to get too much into it because you can't, you know, that's not your situation anymore. You can just know so you can pray for the person. But um, yeah, out of respect for your spouse and your significant other, you shouldn't be talking about too much other than that anyways. Um mm-hmm. But if you single and y'all want to try to rekindle something, then you know what you got going on over there. Come on over here, the kids. You come on up to the house and see the kids. 
okay, no people can come to the house to see the kids. If that's your situation, if you don't have nothing going on, then you wanna you wanna take it there. So um it just depends. All right. So my my I mean, we, we should take it that way now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got some else to say. <laughs> you have to now, you, think I mean, about you it. have to consider what's going on. Now. <laughs> like I said, if you have a, a spouse or something like that, you have to uh, yeah. have right. a certain level of respect when it comes to that. Oh you yeah, know, most I'm, definitely. So so my last thing is, well, maybe my last thing is how do you get I know Candace was talking, Candace touched on this. Um, and Roberto, you may have earlier in the show, but either way. How do you guys feel about fathers trying to mend things with their kids after years of not being there? How can they make that up? How can they make things right? I know some fathers, if fathers listen out there, they might want to know, how can they make things right? How can, what do, what's the step they need to take? Is it possible? Like, what do you guys think about that portion of it? Okay, well, I had, a, as, a, as, as an adult, my father came to me one day and was speaking to me about things that he hadn't done in my life. And he wanted to, I guess, make amends with it. And it's up to the, the, the child to have a, 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 a sincere heart about the situation because you don't know what, was, what the father may have been going through at that time. So I would say that, that, that the, the communication part of it, just to get to know him, continue to uh, try to reach out and Right. So eventually they'll 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 come they'll come back around. Right. Eventually they'll come back around if you consistently um reach out to them, see how they're doing, even though you may have not been there for, for years on end. It's just the 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 the, the consistent reaching out, the trying to touch bases with them on how their life goes, how their life is going, and the things that they may want to do. A lot of times they may be reluctant to to speaking about it because it's you. They may have a certain level of anger in their in their in their system about it. So they eventually they, they get they get eventually they get through that. But that's a personal issue that mm -hmm. I had to deal with with my father. So I know that that child will have to have that same issue to deal with with themselves. So let me ask you this, and, and I'm gonna ask Candace the same thing. You can answer those two questions I just asked. Uh, do you feel that depending on the age, let's say the kid is 14, I'm gonna say about. 18, 20, 21 years old, somewhere in that age. Do, or maybe even 16. Do you feel like it's right? Or I'm not sure if I'm asking this question correctly correctly. Do you feel like a child, or is there something wrong with a child reaching out trying to amend, or should it should that be on the father to do? No, the child can reach out. I think that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it, like I say it's up to that child though. You know, right. because if they wanted to to understand a certain things that are going on in their life. That they, they they may be able to that their father may be may be able to re relate to, right. so they may have something that they wanted to talk to them about to see if I'm like this I'm I'm like my dad or something. Mm -hmm. They want to see, you know, are, are some of those attitudes that you may have or something like that or the thing that you may have going on in your life is it because my father wasn't here so I'm gonna try to reach out to him and see if I can have a conversation with him about it or something. And and then when the father may hear that they want to and they see those certain type of things, they may want to reach out even more, be on a more consistent level with them. But like I said, it's a it's a, a line of communication between both of them that if the child want to reach out, I think it's fine. So Candace, I know you can answer this. I know you can answer this too because you were talking about this earlier. Uh, how would you feel if your kid's father reached out to you and want to? you know, try to mend things, work things out. What would be your thought process behind it? What was your, what would you do? What would be the steps? Like, just take us through that if that was to happen. If that was to happen at this this age and this stage, I would, um, of course, I'm, I'm going to pray about everything first because right. um, now, and we would have to establish some boundaries because now I got him going this way and we in this direction. Right. And I don't know your parenting style. He's 13. You've been MIA. So I don't know your parenting yeah, style yeah. And, and what you can possibly expose him to. But I do know my child. And I know if he's going to get influenced by something. I, I know my child. I know what kind of kid he is. If he's a follower, a leader, or whatever the case is. So if I feel like any way you're going to sway what we got going on in this household, where it's consistent that, and you have not proved to me that you're going to be a consistent factor or force in his life we're going to set some boundaries and that's going to be and at this point it, it's it's how i'm going to say and how it's going to go at that point not me trying to 
oh, keep my, no, because you've already been away from him for too long. I want my son had a relationship, but this, these years, this teenage years are very important as far as his transition. And if I got him out of some certain habits and patterns that could have been generationally coming from you, I don't want them being, you know, fed back into. So, okay, y'all, if you want to take them or y'all want to go do this, I'm open to it, but there will be boundaries and rules set in order for that to happen because you have to not only build your trust with my son, but you have to build it with me as his mother. And it ain't got nothing to do with me wanting you or knowing what you, it got something to do with, can I trust you with my child? Can I trust you with his mind? Can I trust you with his physical body? Is he going to be okay mentally, emotionally, and physically when he's around you or in your care? Um, But as far as me being nasty, oh, no, you can't see him because you've been gone for 13 years. Absolutely not. We will have to have a conversation and my son will be involved in that conversation. You 13 now. So, son, dad, this is what it's going to be. We understand you are missing. That's something you were missing for 13 years. That's something you're going to have to talk about with your son. And you can explain that to him. That don't have nothing to do with me at this point. So they can have that conversation. Um, They can have that conversation on their own, but we will have a conversation together. So it's not no, he said, she said, these are my expectations for what y'all are trying to build right here. This is my role. I want to play in it. And here are the boundaries as far as I'm concerned. And then after that, we'll just see how that goes. It's kind of like a trial and error thing. Like you trying out because you got to try for that spot now because you, you don't, you don't forfeited it. You don't gave that up. So just like we was talking about you, you trying to figure your space within his life and he's gonna have to try to figure out where you belong in his life now because that's been a void that he's tried to fill or that he's negated for 13 years so you gotta try to figure out where you're gonna fit and he gotta try to figure out where you're supposed to fit in um because i want my child to be able to have a relationship whenever it comes if it's with him if it's with his biological father if it's with another father my prayer is for my son's ears and hearts to be open to whoever that person is that's supposed to be that man or that person in his life. If it's going to be his biological father, if that come away, okay, God, you need to do what you need to do because this ain't about me. This is about my child. And so what's the, you have a daughter, right? So is is the same situation goes on with your daughter? Is that's a, or how's the father with um, my daughter has never seen her father after a few years of her asking me where he was and stuff like that. When I explained to her, I would show her pictures and stuff like that. And she would be like, oh, yeah, because he did. And she would draw pictures and the pictures would be like all kind of stuff. That, and I say, well, what's on this picture? She'll be like, oh, yeah, we went to Disney World. We did this. They ain't do none of this stuff. She never met him. But that's the depiction she got of her father. And I'm not going to ruin it by saying whatever went wrong with us. Like, that's her depiction. That's what she does for herself. You know what I'm saying? To help her be able to cope with what it is um with her it's a little different um she's my daughter is more verbal so you're gonna know how she's feeling because she's gonna tell you my son you got to figure it out because he just he gonna look the same no matter if he's happy sad he got the same look on his face and he's not gonna voice it one way or the other you'll have to ask him you good you having fun like you have to ask him but with her she's just gonna tell you right off the bat um but i do see things with um like I play basketball and stuff. I have a lot of male friends, cousins, a lot of male cousins. So I, I watch her interaction with them and it's just, it's automatic. It's clean. So that's why I'm, 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 I'm very careful. I do not play with having different men around my children. Right. I do not play with that because I know how my daughter is. She know that's missing. So she gravitates to that. So I don't play with that, especially if anybody going to be serious and God ain't telling me you're supposed to be around my kids. I don't mix that because I I know my child. You know what I'm saying? I know my daughter and I would hate for her to build a bond with somebody that's you just around because you doing whatever. You get what I'm saying? And that'd be ripped apart because I understand and I know what that'll do to her. Yeah. And, um, I just watch her patterns when men are around and stuff like that too. So I have to have conversations with her too because that's a, that's a sticky situation too with different men around your kids. I don't care who you is. You could be the teacher. You can be the coach, like certain things happen. So I have to have certain conversations with her because there's still a boundary that has to be set. I don't care if you did see me around this person. Like, you know, I have to have them conversations with her. She's a little girl. Not saying stuff can't happen to boys, but it's a little more delicate when it comes to her. Um, but as far as when, when she's feeling a certain kind of way, she'll tell me and some I've cried sometimes. It, it hurt. 
that my baby is going through this or she feeling this way and I can't do you get what I'm saying I can't do anything about it um and 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 then we'll we'll pray or whatever the case is and then I'll ask her well, what is it that you want like do you she was like um I just wanted that that's gonna be treat you right like you see what I'm saying she she ain't asking for her dad dad she wants somebody that's gonna be here and her thing is treating me right like she so she knows she's very intellectual she can read between lines and stuff um I believe her situation is going to be a lot more delicate and that's another reason why I wrote that book pretty in brown because I already see certain self-esteem issues and stuff going on with her or that was going on with her so I know with her and her father not being present it's going to be a lot of I'm going to have to tap into a lot of different areas to prevent certain things happening when she grows up I can already see some things so I've been tapping into it real early um but yeah her situation I feel with her father not being present it's gonna be a little more delicate than my son's it's gonna yeah it's gonna take some definitely um a lot of praying a lot of talking a lot of trying to figure out other avenues and therapy and stuff with certain situations I can I can pretty much yeah I can see it <laughs> well at least you know it's coming I'm, I'm definitely I'm, I'm glad you brought that portion of it up because I'm uh definitely to get you back on to talk about the whole dating process with kids so i um i actually got an episode of that coming up so i'm about to get you back on to that one or for topic tuesday or freestyle friday was there a dog i heard in the background <laughs> yeah, he, um, yeah he's basically he's, he's talking to me he's up, up there and he can't come down here so that's his way oh. of asking can he come down the stairs yeah oh, awesome. I, I i definitely appreciate y'all right. for coming on um this is like well, this is what I like to do at the end of the show. I like you guys to uh I'm gonna go to Roberto. Man, drop some knowledge, drop some gem, drop some advice. What what you got for us before we head out? Um it could be whatever, it could be about the topic or just something that you like to go by. Well, it'll be ba- I, I, what I I go by, man, is one can have no greater or smaller mastery than mastery of themselves. And that's coming from the life coach, life master coach, Roberto Williams. <laughs> and, <laughs> was that, that's it. Did you have something else you want to, before I get with Candace? You good, Roberto? Oh, yeah. I'm good. Okay. Candace, what you got for us? Drop some knowledge for the ladies, for the fellas. What, what do you want mm. the listeners to get from today's episode or something that you always say? Just go ahead and, and, and put it out there for us. Well, something that I always say is don't be moved by the crowd, but move the crowd. Hello. So you can, yeah, interpret it how you want to interpret it, but it, it is what it is. Don't be moved by the crowd, but move the crowd. Um, And basically, you be the frequency. You be the vibe. Don't go off other people's vibes. Yeah, I just go with the vibe of the room. No, you bring that vibe because when you depend on other people to put you in a good mood, it always goes sour. So you bring the good mood with you wherever you go. Thank y'all so much for, uh, and let us know real quick, Candace, how can we uh, reach you and watch the show on Instagram? Let us know your, your Instagram handle. Yes, you guys, every Tuesday, um, you can follow me now if you would like. Um, Taylor May, um, Taylor underscore May 87 on Instagram. Um, and it is Taylor May on Twitter. Um, or if you look up Candace P, you'll find it that way as well. Roberto, what you got? All right, you can find me on IG. At Life Mastery LLC, I'm on Facebook as well with uh, Life Mastery with Master Coach Roberto. Um, um, what else? I think I got something else. I'm on there. Uh, also, <laughs> I'm on TikTok. You know, I'm new to TikTok, so <laughs> that's that's I funny. Got to get you the TikTok tutorial. Oh uh, yeah, man. But uh, uh, my TikTok is at Master Coach Roberto. And I'm going to put that in the description for you guys uh, when we're ready to post the show. So I'm going to get you guys information so everybody can follow you guys. Uh, thank you both for joining me. Y'all hang tight. Don't go anywhere once I end the show. But y'all hang tight. Don't go anywhere. But I just want to let everybody know, thank you all so much for joining the Myra J Show, Topic Tuesday, each and every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Make sure you guys tune in, listen, follow, share, follow these great people as well. We love to try to inspire, uplift, educate, inform people, all that great stuff on our show. So make sure you guys um, and share it, share, follow, like all that great stuff. Leave a comment. If you're watching on YouTube or wherever you listen to it, leave a comment. Let us know what you think. 
And we're not professionals. We're not experts. We're just giving y'all our life experiences and, and what we've gone through, what we've seen, what we heard, what we researched, that type of deal. So please leave us a comment and let us know uh, what's going on on your end. And to our to all the men that's out there that's doing a great job, that's being followed, that's in the household, doing the best that they can, man. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, it's not always easy, especially uh, definitely not easy on a woman. We get that, but it's not always easy on us. So y'all keep doing what you're doing. Stay prayed up. Keep God first and everything is going to be all right. To the men that is not in their kids' life, brothers, please continue to, to try. If you are, try to do your best to stay in your child's life or to get in your child's life. Our kids literally needs us so much more than you can ever imagine. So please, fellas, uh, if you can, if you're able to, amend those broken relationships those uh, with, your, with your child, with the mother, whatever it may be. They need us more than we know. We, we are the leaders and we are the mentors. We are the kings and we have to do better and be better. And I always say forgive and live. You can't live a, 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 the life that God wants you to live or, or a great life or a blessed life until you forgive others and definitely forgive yourself. So forgive and live. Y'all have a great evening, a great morning. And we'll talk to y'all soon. Stay